This podcast is brought to you by the Los Angeles Inner Group of Overeaters Anonymous. Please visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you'll find three podcast feeds of over 200 sound files of individual speakers as well as events such as retreats and workshops. You'll also find order forms for ordering CDs of many of these speakers through the San Fernando Valley Inner Group of OA. Finally, we have a donation button where you can contribute to keeping this valuable service continuing for yourself and others. Again, our website is www.oalaig.org. We'd now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Cass. Uh, hi, my name is Cass. I'm a compulsive overeater. And uh, good to be here. Happy birthday. Um, okay, so the format is what it used to be like, what happened, and what it's like now. Um, I'll disqualify. I came into this program uh, a little over 14 years ago, and um, and I just currently celebrated 13, a couple months ago, celebrated 13 years of abstinence. And... Um, you know, a day at a time, and um, and giving away about 30 pounds and maintaining that, um, and basically just growing up here in these rooms. So, um, what it was like, um, my story is from as young as I can remember, which I have a very foggy memory, and I'll tell you why, not that you wouldn't guess, but um, I had this thing in the pit of my stomach, probably about age five or so, I think this was what can I remember, like, which I now know was anxiety, and um, I like thought I was so slick as a kid to figure, you know, if I just coated that thing in the pit of my stomach, that thing went away. Like, I, it completely was a connection for me where I didn't feel that anymore. And it was just my nerves, you know, anxiety and of living in my, um, in my family uh, craziness. And um, so, f- for me, just, uh, I started doing weird things with food from really young. And I, I like to, I mean, there's certain... I like to share about, like, the, the extent that I spent my energy doing these things because it's like we could eat any time we wanted to in my house. You know, I, I grew up in a big family, and yet in, um, I got my food and sort of did it, like, in a hiding kind of a way. Um, and I, I don't know, like, years into this program, I, I just kind of got the thought, like, oh, I kind of get, I think I kind of get why I did that. You know, I didn't... I, it didn't make any sense why I needed to hide about it because no one told me to hide about my food, you know. But I got this feeling like I didn't want anyone to see what I was doing with food because, God forbid, you'd see that, like, broken piece that I felt like I had on the inside, um, you know, because you might match it up, you know, with why I need... I don't know. It's I just got this aha about it years in the program, realizing that... Um, this was going on from a really young age. So the way I remember it is, as a kid, I felt like I did that behavior with food secretly as I needed to, which was kind of on and off. Like, there were different times in my family like where that anxiety was high, like when my dad was coming home, 
you know, when, uh, you know, when, when things went down that, like, you saw one thing, but they said it really didn't happen and it was something, you know, something else. Like when this confusion kind of stuff didn't match up. And there were times where, like, I just needed to do that. And my favorite times were getting my stuff, getting out of the house, and having my own little adventure, like, just coating my nerves. And I remember just not, not, that time, not wanting that time to end and come back home because I just felt that whole, like, anxiety thing kicking up again. So for me, it started, started very young with that secretive aspect to it that nobody taught me. Like, I just figured out on my own, right? And um, it just got, like, progressively worse in the sense of, as a kid, I just kind of see it like, if you need to kind of blot out time, like, as a, I don't know, I see my nephews today, my nieces and my nephews, and it's like kids wake up and today's a brand new day, you know, like it has something to do with yesterday, and they just wake up kind of fresh. It's like, as a kid, that worked great, but as an adult, like, this became a serious handicap for me. Because um, looking back, I just have blocks of time where I can't even put together, I, mean, I could probably tell you some food events, but I can't tell you, like, life events, you know? And um, I spent a lot of time around getting what I needed, getting it, finishing it, you know, having you not see it, and then me appearing back out in life again, trying to make it look like I had it all together. And I always remind myself about that, like the energy that I spent in my disease, you know, if I spend like a quarter of that in my recovery, it's a good day. (laughs) It's a really good day. So um, I got here uh, by total attraction, not promotion, through somebody who I was working with, and she just changed before my very eyes, and um, she asked me to support her one night in a meeting, and I got, and when at that point I was doing the stuff like, swearing off, you know, like, eating bags and crap, like, all this stuff. I mean, just, like, huge amounts of eating the whole thing of something and then swearing off I wasn't going to do it. And then, you know, maybe white-knuckling it for a day or two and not doing it, and then doing it again. But, like, having that um, that <coughs> blot out, like, that oblivion or that amnesia that they talk about in the program, you know, and swearing it off, like, I swear I'm never going to do this again, you know, and I'm doing the same thing, like, that next morning, or maybe I held out and it was that next night. <clears throat> but this crazy making way of, of feeling, like, one way on the outside and totally disconnected on the inside. And for me, that's, like, the, the cost of this disease for me has been, um, for me, it was, like, sort of this quiet like um, devastation kind of like trying to be one way out in the world and being feeling very disconnected on the inside and for me that was just tricky I mean for other people it's other people's stories and like maybe they you know it's more obvious if they're what they're doing but for me it's like the sneaky part of it for me it's like the sneaky part for me kills me you know like the sneaky part for me is I was dying to be in relation with my fellows and the sneaky part of me didn't allow me, you know, like it was just that it was like it was really um, quite isolating. Yet, you know, I was out in the world like I knew how to be around a lot of people and make it look like I'm with you right now. But I was never in the moment, you know, I was never where I was because I was always like covering my rear from what I just did or thinking, how am I going to get out of here and just get some relief, you know, just go and take the edge off food and that's how my my head was always thinking so I was never like where I was so I got here and um and 
was freaked because because I sat in the back of this big meeting in Santa Monica that my friend asked me to support her at. I didn't know where I was going. And uh, and someone started telling their story, and it was my story. And uh, the first night I got here, and I come from a family where you just don't talk about how you feel. And someone told my story, and I was like, oh, shit, how did they found me out, you know? <laughs> like, it was all about me, and how did they fit, you know, how is this going on? And so I was just like, Oh, the first time, and so then I, the joke I always say, because this is, this is my Eskimo that brought me in, I asked her the next week, do you need support again this week? <laughs> and so, <laughs> that's, that was my self-esteem when I first got here, because I just couldn't come back for me, right? I could come back for her. And that's how my life was, I was living my life like that, you know, I just couldn't do the stuff for me. So, I got back, and I never left. Although, I had, um, that year was just like, for me, um, just listening was enough. <laughs> like I was overwhelmed by listening to people tell the truth about what they did with food and that they didn't have to do it anymore. And uh, the first night I left, I know I left with, like, I was attracted. You know, I didn't know what it was. Like, I have come to find out it was hope. But I had no idea what it was. But I was like, oh, my God, these people look like they've got something going on, you know. And... Um, so I got back. I started on a. I, the, I started my program in a structured way of eating. Uh, I stepped into a meeting that just had a structured way of eating. So I started that way, and I got my um, starting to abstain. I, I would get like 26 days, and then life just got too big, and that thing in the pit of my stomach came up, and I just needed to eat. And then I had like 27 days, and then another time I had 20, you know, and I knew because that 30-something happened. I don't know what happened, but people stood up and had to do something else and basically move forward, you know. And I knew that like, I was just totally afraid of whatever you're supposed to be doing to move forward past that time. And so I had these series of like trying to get it. And in the midst of that, my life got so big in such a short period of time, like, Life between three meals a day was like, oh, my God, there's still today left. You know, like, I really, like, I was amazed when I wasn't so preoccupied with trying to get my fix, um, you know, what went on in one day. And, um, but I just got overwhelmed. And so then um, I shared about it. And then some old-timers lovingly said, well, maybe this is the time to start the steps. <laughs> And I was like, oh, it's not all about just trying to, you know, manage and control my food and, you know, cram stuff in the cup and get it to, you know, a certain, <laughs> certain like, you know, way. Because it was working really well for, you know, a set amount of days. And then I realized, you know, it's like I stayed in here long enough to, you know, it took a while for all this to sink in. But to realize, you know what, like, my life is so unmanageable on my terms. And my terms are... Like, I really believed my terms were like, I was supposed to know how it was supposed to go, right? Like, if I don't know, how am I going to, how can I do this, you know? So I had, my life long ago became about, you know, trying to, like, control my circumstances so I would know because I grew up in such sort of fear and anxiety that, I don't know, that's what happened. And so... I was like, oh, my God, like, I, my life is so unmanageable, like, I've been by myself. And um, if I can't manage it, and I'm hearing here that, like, another human being can't manage my life, like, I've got to find this power greater than me. 
um, which I didn't have a problem with. Like, I believed in the concept of it ever since I was a kid. I just did not have a clue how I'm supposed to hook up with this power. Like, how am I supposed to find, have access to this power that I've been trying by myself to get for a long time and nothing's happened? So, um, you know, I shared about that. And old-timers just told me, you know what, Cass, that's why there's, that's why I step one comes first, and then there's step two, and, and then there's step three, and it all goes in order, and you don't have to do it. Like, just trust that somebody who walked ahead of you has done it, and they can show you how to do it. And and I, it worked. Like, I, I was convinced. You know what? I had been in here long enough to, like, get, like, wonderfully screwed by hearing people's recovery and knowing that there was another way to do it. <clears throat> so that when I did go out and take the edge off with just, like, want to coat my nurse, I was, like, that, like, messed up feeling like you can never do it again the way you did it because you know something different, you know? And it's, like, it's, like, it's good, you know? Like, <laughs> like it got you. And, um, and I got that. And I got, like, hearing people grow in front of my very eyes. I got that there was another way to do it. I just didn't know how. And I was so self-propelled in my life. And that was actually very um, an admired trait in my family, right, to pull yourself up kind of by your own bootstraps to do the deal. And um, so the concept of asking for help, you know, uh, you know, I heard, it's like, it's not a moral issue here. It's like, I need to know this is the bottom. This is part of the ingredients is that I'm powerless and to find this power greater than me. So that, I feel like that was like the big um, first turn for me to like be vulnerable enough to, to like realize that, you know, I wasn't supposed to do it. I thought I was supposed to do it, you know. And just getting this like permission that I'm not supposed to be the one to do it um, was like a relief for me, finally. Because I was so sick and tired of being sick and tired of doing my, doing my like, weird secret drill that um, I was exhausted when I got here. So, um, so then kind of how it unfolded for me was, uh, I'm kind of just looking at the steps to guide me here because after a while, you know, like, I got, like, that the food, even though I was, like, trying to manage and control my food through that whole first segment, I got that, like, you know, that confusing thing they say here, it's about the food, but it's not about the food, and, you know, it's like food was so clearly a symptom to, like, throw up against my anxiety that, um, you know, it says in the big book, it's like, time to get down to the causes and conditions, you know, for why I do what I do. And now I kind of know why I had fear about getting past that first 30 days because the idea of even looking, I mean, I had been in meetings enough to hear that, like, after you look, you share it with somebody else. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not sharing with anybody else, you know. My tribe, you know, I grew up in, we don't share with other people, so I'm not interested in, like, sharing with anybody else. But I was totally willing to do the inventory. I don't know. I felt like it was total grace that I that I had to, that I got up every morning and I just and we had this whole list of questions to do and I was just totally willing to do it because you know I was experiencing that like bittersweet thing of like pain 
and then freedom. Like, I was already getting some freedom that, like, the promises tell us in the first, like, three steps. Like, I felt like, wow, there is another way to do this. And I, and I like, in my gut, I trusted. I just was afraid. So I started on inventory, and, um, you know, a lot got revealed. Um, mainly what got revealed is, like, I'm just colliding with the world most of the time. Like, that's how it was. It was like, it was like different scenarios, same, you know, same little mechanism of fear. Like, I'm afraid, so I do some, like, wacky thing that you don't understand, you know, that gets me somehow back in control or just cuts you out and you don't even know you're out, you know. So I've, I had this, I mean, I just, it was like, it was excruciating to have to read this thing and see the theme, 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 theme. It was just like basically all based off fear and me acting like some kind of either better than, less than, or just ran away from the situation. And that was my inventory. And um, it was really revealing. <laughs> and the revealing part was like, you know, where I get to step up and like take responsibility for, for, for what I needed to do at that point. And that was... Uh, even scarier than the inventory to, uh, to um, get into my um, amends. But you know what? I didn't have to do it alone, and I did one thing at a time. And that, for me, was like, when I did my inventory and my sponsor listened to my inventory, it was the f- I had like a spiritual experience. And because it was the first time that somebody looked me in the eye and just heard what I had to say and... Um, accepted me completely for who I was. Like, you know, they say, like, warts and all. Like, everything included, just, like... And actually shared with me similar situations, you know. And and to me, it was like... I remember that night, like, I didn't want to... We were going to go out to dinner, and, like, I didn't even want to eat, you know, because I was, like... I had said... I just had this huge freedom of, like, going, oh, my God, I just, like, dumped this whole thing. You know, like, that's for me. I mean, besides, like, you know qualifying it for as far as weight loss is concerned I can't even qualify for like the stuff that unloaded from my head and from my heart that like I had been trudging like trudging with for like you know my whole lifetime literally like I experienced that you know how it can change and um, so that was my experience um, Uh, you know what I want to share about today? I kind of want to share more about like what's going on today for me. Um, you know, in general for me, I have a lot of freedom around food. Um, there's times that it's up, and when it's up, it's like a signal for me to be like, okay, what's really going on here? And I do um, a 10th step, which helps me. And if the same issues come up on a 10th step a couple nights in a row, or... Um, I block out some, I'm like blocking out some experience I had or whatever. Usually, it usually lets me know or I get really squirrely and then my food comes up and then I'm like, okay, well, let's sit down and look at what's really going on and that's, you know, I'm, I'm in constant contact with, I have sponsor, I have sponsees and I have fellows that, I have all kinds of fellows but I have like the fellows on the, you know, first tier circle that know what's going on in my life today so I don't feel the thing of like I'm not going to pick up the phone because I don't want to describe what's going you know that whole like nonsense that goes on in my head when I need to outreach I pick up the phone and I'm like the thing is happening again you know if they're there or not like I just tell the truth and for me it's like 
who knows what part of this program works, you know, but I know that it's, it's a program of maintaining, like, you know, my spiritual, my, you know, where is my spirit at, and stay connected to my fellows and tell the truth no matter what. And that, for me, to, on a day-to-day basis, pretty much gets me where I'm not sitting around with food a whole lot. But um, what I have experienced, and this has happened, like, I'd say probably over the last, like, two years or so, two-ish years, um, I am experiencing, like, what I kind of touched on before, this whole, like, concept of, like, this sort of the bittersweetness of life, you know, like, life has, life delivers situations and circumstances that, you know, I really seriously didn't, I used to think, like, early on, like, if I'm abstinent, like, all's going to, everything's going to be smooth, you know, and that's, like, what to shoot for, and I don't, you know, it's, like, fantasy thinking, but that's where, that's what I thought, and, um, you know, I've had, like, chunks, like, years, like, up to my fifth year, I kind of was, like, it was really floaty, you know, it was, like, a really cool time, (laughs) and then five to ten, stuff was unwinding, and now, as I've been in the last couple years, um, I've just had some situations that, like, pain, like, life delivered, as life does, like, some painful stuff, and, and here's how it's gone for me. And this is only, like, out of my absolute gratitude for abstinence because my first reflex when, you know, pain is, when something crack, when pain comes to crack me open is I want to brace against it and then I want to eat. You know, or I can do a hundred other things other than eat, like just get busy, run, you know, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, that thing I was talking about, it doesn't work anymore. Like, the steps are kind of working me in that, you know what, it's like, I don't have the run in me anymore. Which I'm grateful for, but I'm saying it like it's still, this fear still comes up when I don't have the run in me. Because I used to run so hard and fast that, like, I know I left all my feelings behind. You know, like, I just... It was way behind. Like, I'm doing laps on it, you know. And now I'm like, I like, I don't have to run. And I feel like, the visual is I feel like my feelings run up right on me. And they're like, hey, how you doing? You know, like, each one of them greets me, like, right there. And there's nowhere for me to run. Like, it's like, wow. <laughs> and that's what's happened for me in the last, like, year or two, where some painful stuff has come on and literally, like, cracked me open. And I say it like that because it's not just cracked me. It didn't just break me. It, like, broke me open to a whole other place that I haven't had the, I haven't had the capacity because I don't think I had enough tools to, like, actually stay with it, you know, and deal with it. And now I feel like, you know, I totally trust that God knows what he's doing. And, you know, obviously now I must have a little more staying power to, like, have faith that, you know, here's the deal. So it's come, and I feel, like, cracked open, and and in a way I feel like, man, this was, like, part of me feels like, oh, this sucks, you know, that I got delivered this deal. But then this other part of me is like, oh, my God, like, I've never experienced, like, the richness of life, meaning, like, you know, to do a cross-section of, like, this moment. And in this moment, I have, like, this range of feelings that go from, like, that wall to that wall. And they're all going on, like, in the same time. You know, it's like, when I came in here, 
I was so, like, black and white, meaning so want to feel what I want to feel or not want to feel what I... And there's no, there was no gray for me, you know, there, which means for me there was no living. I was just, like, on this flat line. But now it's like all this is going on and it's so rich and it's like... To me, I just was like, it's just mysterious now. Like, it's mysterious in that good kind of way. Which then I go, did I just say that? You know, like, because... I don't know, it's just, it's a mystery for me. But, like, I have such trust in the, the path here and this design for living that, like, whatever comes up can totally be applied to, like, this way of living. And it, it'll show, you know, I'll have the way. It's not the way I'm designed to come up with, but it's a way that allows me to stay in the, like more in the moment than I ever had and like being able to look you in the eye and like still be here, you know, like inside. And to me it's like I mean that's what I was I mean what to me that's what I that's what I'm here for. Like that's why I keep coming back. Because of and by myself I don't have this kind of life. Like I don't have a life where like you know like it says in the big book, like the consciousness of the presence of God is the most important thing in my life today. Like, that's not where I came from, you know. Like, the most important thing was, you know, that I'm looking good and you think I'm fine, you know. And that's that was what I was focused on. And now it's like, okay, here's the next thing. How do we do this, you know. And I'm asking for help. And to me, like, the freedom I get when I just go, I don't know, you know, let's find out. And show me how or whatever is just like, you know, those are the kind of things that make me not want to have to eat. And um, give me a shot. They give me a shot of, like, being here, right here, right now. And I never had a shot before. You know, I just never, I never had that. So, um, yeah, I'm just in, like, big vulnerability and... It's actually, like, a beautiful place to be, you know, like, I mean, that's just, like, again, I say, like, did that just come out of my mouth? But it's the most, you know, it's, like, welcome to the human race, Cass, you know, like, and, you know, that I was, I, I like, craved that, that connection before, but, you know, you were telling me about you, and then I only let you about right here, because um, I was living a really defensive way of living. Because I just felt, you know, you know, that kind of broken thing that's like, you know, it's like a spiritual malady for me because, I mean, it's emotional, physical, and spiritual, but it's like this deal is a three-pronged deal, and it's not about me wrangling my food, you know, or about me just getting my emotions together. It's like it's the whole deal. And, uh, you know, that just has gotten unwound a little bit at a time for me, and, um I'm just grateful for the for absence because I know it's like I would have just never stuck around to like have the experience, you know, if not that. And um, I guess I'll just close with welcome to the newcomers. Um, you know, this is like birth person said. You know, you just like you can things are going to happen beyond your wildest dreams. You know, <laughs> and just hang in there for the ride. It's a design for living that, like, I think a lot of people are looking for and just don't know what it's called, you know, or where to find it. And uh, I feel really grateful that because I had this, like, odd food thing I did, you know, I got to find it. And uh, it was a surprise to me because I just came here to, like, 
you know, clean up my food and lose weight. And uh, I got a life, you know, that's like blows me away today. So thanks for that. Okay. Hi, so this is question time, I guess. Have you specifically with what people? Fear of people. Oh, okay. How do I? Better and what did you do specifically? Okay, so the question is, how do I deal with uh, fear around people, and has I gotten better, and how do what do I do to deal with that? Um, yes, I had big fear around people, although I had a big game face, you know, a very good game face that I've practiced from a really young age, so. Uh, so that was my only option before, but now I have other options. Um, and um, what did I do? Okay. Well, seriously, from the beginning. I mean, when I first <clears throat> came into program, I didn't speak for a long time because I literally didn't think anything was going to come out of my mouth. Like when I went to speak, and um, <clears throat> and then I was surprised the first time I went up to speak, and something did come out, and I said my name. And then when I came back to meetings, people knew my name. And I was like, how do you know my name? You know? <laughs> and that literally started like that for me. And I mean, like, professionally, it wasn't as much because I had my game face. But I mean, when being, like, intimate and, you know, vulnerable, authentic, yes, it was a, it, it's been like a slow, slow progression. But being able to share in the rooms and know that I have three minutes to talk, you know, whatever, and that... Um, I, that was practice for me, like just being able to start talking about how I feel and what I think, and then having fellowship with people was a great way for me to start. And then, little by little, um, as I got to know who I was, that's my main thing. Like, I couldn't tell you what I wanted and what I liked because I didn't know. You know, I would just rather just match it up with you or trying to anticipate what you were going to, you know. I was like a big chameleon, you know, trying to, because I had such fear around this with people. But... I think as I got to know who I was and what I liked and wanted uh, through, it, through the whole step process, then I was just, and it's easier to be intimate with somebody because when they ask you something, you know, like I had an answer for it. I never stuck around long enough to have an answer, you know, to figure out what my, how I felt or commit to that or anyway. So I think that's pretty much how it helped, you know, how I got able to do that with others and, and having a tight friend and fellowship, tight friends and fellowship, where I didn't didn't feel ashamed or um, afraid to call that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. The question was, how do I work step eleven? Um, I have an opening and a closing ceremony to my day, um, and so for me, it's in, it, today more than ever is. Um, pretty mandatory for me like and there's there's a, the off day where you know I have to get going but um, I don't like dipping on the reserves <laughs> like every day is a new day but um, I I start my morning with uh, some prayer and meditation and some of the you know literature approved here and and then I sit so I kind of see it like you know this relationship with my higher power is like a friend and I have to develop it like I do with a friend. So that pretty much means spending time. So I've, I've committed a certain amount of time in the morning and, and the evening just to make sure I get it if I don't even tap in during the day. And <clears throat> so uh, 
So it's like I do a little bit of talking first, and then I try and do a lot more listening now, because as I heard here, um, I am so clear what I don't know, and it's a lot more than I, <laughs> than I you know, ever knew. So, um, yeah, I've, uh, I've had di- all different varieties of, me- of, of meditation. I do some sitting meditation, I do some walking meditation. But uh, for me, the basic is like I'm just I'm breathing and I'm connected to my breath and I don't make it real complicated and I just listen. And uh, it, it's so personal. Like if anyone wants to ask me more about it, I'm happy to share. But it's just been a process for me um, of patience and perseverance of I'm committed to showing up because this is a relationship that's like primary in my life. And like anyone else, if I, you know, had a significant other or whatever I would spend this kind of time with, I, it's, it's, it's a choice for me. And then I close my night with uh, a quick 10-step, which is just like, you know, I have it down to like little initials like RSDA, or I'm resentful, selfish, dishonest, and afraid. And I can tap in, you know, real quick and go, you know, is there anything going on there? And then just kind of review my food for the day and uh, say a little wind out for the, for the night. And then I do some other formal, I'm in a, a, a group, I do some other formal things, but that's my daily practice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was having an experience with um, resentment that you potentially you've written about, turned over, talked about, and it's still there, and you know logically that they're kind of bullshit resentments, or you dealt with it, but they're just there and they're not going anywhere, mm-hmm. like how you kind of make Mm-hmm. Okay. So the question is, um, dealing with resentments, once you've already done them and dealt with them, but they're still there, kind of what do you do to work with them? Or uh, Yes, I definitely have this experience <laughs> with a very prime like relationship in my um, family of origin. And uh, yeah, it's a process. <laughs> It has to do with my, uh, here's what it is for me, what I think, is that it's, a, it's an intense process, but because I've just had some freedom from one that's been going on for a long time recently, and again, I'll share more specifically, but if you want, but um, what has happened for me is sort of I did, I kind of, like, I kind of want it to be done on my time, on my terms. And that's what this one was. And I and I've tried I tried it several times. I've like done a very focused thing on it, and it didn't shift in my time. And I was kind of pissed about you know, the, and I was even more resentful because it's like resentment, right? Is the thing that I keep thinking about, and the thing I'm thinking about is the thing that's going to be drawn closer to me and closer to me and closer to me over and over and over again. It's just this like cycle, and and yet I'm thinking I'm doing the very thing that's going to like detach that from me and. I was just still revving in the same. It was like bugging me more and more and more. And um, what happened recently is, again, this like one of these life things that was painful, like cracked me open. And it's like I kind of had a similar experience to what my resentment was about. And until I got sort of humbled in my own way about like seeing through the eyes of somebody else like putting on a new pair of glasses for the situation when I finally saw that and I had to sort of own another part of my part it shifted 
So it just, all I can say is it wasn't in my time, and it feels like until I was ready to like, like I was saying before, until I, until I was, had the capacity to feel the feelings of this like new piece that came in about it, wasn't, was not until like I felt like there was some kind of shift, and it clearly was like divinely inspired, you know, because I had no hand in it. It wasn't in my time, it was, you know, another time, so that's my experience. Thank you so much for your honor and Sharon. Um, you spoke really detailed about four and five and the process and how it shifted recovery. Can you just talk about the six and seven process that followed and is it still connected? Let's share a little bit more about six and seven. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, because of the way that I that I did four and five and the way that it was very like detail oriented. Um, six was kind of already set up. Like we had already, through the inventory, like I had already highlighted things along the way. So it really allowed for me to, uh, there was a kind of a big reflection time after finishing my fifth step that I then got into six and seven. And um, what, what, you asked me if it still comes up today. <laughs> Absolutely. But what happened for me in that was in my fifth step, while I was doing my fifth step, stuff started living itself out loud. Like the very things that were happening, dynamics that were happening in my fifth step, started happening in real time. Like so, that, I mean, I got to share that with my sponsor. Like right in the moment, I started having some reason, you know, I'm not saying it's just because it all got revealed. Like I started having the capacity to own my part, my character defect, whatever, right in the moment. And they did not act on it or be able to quickly get in touch with it and not have this, like, one-year time delay on, my, on whatever was going on for me. So um, this time around, it wasn't like a real formalized six and seven other than it came directly out of my inventory. And, and I've prayed about those, you know. It's, they keep rotating. Like, it depends on my fear. When my fear is up, like, one of my character, you know, character defects just rise to the top. And then I work with that for a while and ask that, you know, I can be free from that and be willing to, and be willing to meet the experiences. Now I'm asking to be free from it. Is guaranteed that I get an experience that follows right after that when I have to be free from it for me to exercise the reverse aspect of that character defect. So that's pretty much how it's worked for me. Okay? That's fine. Thanks.